I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. Well, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 23. Deuteronomy chapter 23, we'll be looking at verses 15 through 18 this morning. Deuteronomy 23, verses 15 through 18. Uh, and I'm actually going to add in verse 25 or 24 and 8 as well because it has kind of to do with the, the same subject matter. If you don't have a Bible with you, you can grab one of the Pew Bibles there, and it's page 155 in the Pew Bible. Page 155 in the Pew Bible. And if you don't own a Bible, then uh, we invite you to take that Pew Bible with you. We want everybody to have a copy of God's Word, so take that as our gift. Use it, read it, and it will certainly bless your life. Well, I want to start this morning. First of all, I want to, just, I want to open us up in prayer, and then we're going to read our text. So let me open us in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this day, and thank you for this time to come together and open up your word. Father, I pray that you would teach us from your word, from this, this text, from the Old Testament. Uh, Lord, from what you instructed Israel to do as they lived out uh, your kingdom principles and, and their time frame, Lord. Let us understand your kingdom principles and how they apply to us. And Lord, help us to apply them to our own lives and our own day and time and our own way. So Lord, open our eyes to see, give us ears to hear, and hearts willing to obey your word. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, if you found your place there in Deuteronomy chapter 23, please stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's Word. Hear the word of the Lord. You shall not give up to his master a slave who has escaped from his master to you. you shall dwell with, he shall dwell with you in your midst in the place that he shall choose within one of your towns, wherever it suits him. You shall not wrong him. None of the daughters of Israel shall be a, a cult prostitute, and none of the sons of Israel shall be a cult prostitute. You shall not bring the fee of a prostitute or the wage of a dog into the house of the Lord your God in payment for any vow, for both of these are an abomination to the Lord. I'll skip down to verse, uh, chapter 24, verse 7. If a man is found stealing one of his brothers of the people of Israel, and if he treats him as a slave or sells him, then that thief shall die. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. Amen. May the Lord add blessings to the reading of his holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And may he write its eternal truth on all our hearts. And you may be seated. Now, of course, we're in Deuteronomy, and Deuteronomy is a, a, a sermon uh, preached to the Israelites. Moses is preaching this sermon to the Israelites before they, are, they go into the, the promised land. So they're, he's preparing them, and uh, he's giving them these last sermons, these last messages before he dies, goes to glory, and they go into the promised land. Uh, as he's preaching this he, he comes to this section today and we read these verses and we might be tempted to think well uh, these verses really don't have anything to do with us today right 
I mean, they're dealing primarily with slavery. And slavery, it went out back with the Civil War. And so it doesn't really apply to us anymore. We, we can learn nothing from this. Is that right? No, it's not right. It's absolutely not right. Uh, this text is for us because regardless of, of the type of slavery that was killed off with the Civil War, slavery is alive and well and thriving in the world today. It is thriving. Even here in America, right under our noses, slavery is thriving. Today, 27.6 million people are living in slavery. Let me say that again. 27.6 million people in the world today are living in slavery. There are more slaves in the world today than at any other time in history. Yes, even in pre-Civil War times, there are more slaves today than then. There are more slaves in the world today than in any other time in history. And this should concern God's people. We should be concerned that slavery thrives in the world right around us. Now in Deuteronomy, we have been focusing on human dignity. That's kind of the focus of the text and the uh, dealing with the, these, these commandments, the uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth commandment, all kind of focus in on human dignity. We've talked about human dignity and life and how it relates to the commandment, thou shalt not commit, a, uh, commit murder. Uh, and then we looked at dignity and purity, and thou shalt not commit adultery. And now we're kind of moving again, we're transitioning on from this idea of human dignity and purity to now a new subject matter dealing with human dignity, and this is human dignity and property. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not steal. And the most valuable possession a person has is his own personhood, right? The most valuable thing that you possess is, is not your car, it's not your house, it's your own personhood, your own freedom, I mean, we celebrate freedom in America. We are happy to be free as one of the, the rights that we live for and so many people have died for, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. One of our greatest possessions is our freedom, human freedom. And yet in the world today, there are many people who have been robbed of that freedom. And placed in bondage, placed in slavery. So today we learn from our text that as God's people, we must, as Christians, we must maintain human dignity by working to set the captives free. We must maintain human dignity by working to set the captive free. And so today I just want to share with you three ways that we can work to set the captive free. Three ways that we can work today to set the captive free. Now, I want you to see some of this in our text. I want you to see where I'm coming from, from our text. So let me just take a moment here to explain our text. The first paragraph that we see here in our text deals exclusively with slavery. You shall not give up to his master a slave who has escaped from his master to you. He shall dwell with you in your midst in the place that he shall choose within one of your towns, whatever, wherever it suits him. 
you shall not wrong him. Or, a better translation might be this, you shall not oppress him. You shall not oppress him. Now this is dealing with, and, and you read this and you think, well, wasn't there slavery in Israel? I mean, didn't God allow slavery in Israel? And, and, and true, and we, we've already covered some of those texts that deal with slavery in Israel, but the primary type of slavery that God allowed in Israel was not the kind of slavery that we think of. I mean, we think of our, our mind when we hear the word slavery, it goes to pre-Civil War slavery, that, uh, an oppressive type of slavery that took people captive and forced them to labor. We, we think of that kind of slavery. But the kind of slavery that God ordained and allowed in, in the land of Israel was more of a gracious type of servitude. So you think about this, you, and you're there, and you're in an agrarian type of, of uh, community. Everybody's a farmer. There's no crop insurance back in those days. Everybody's a farmer. You got your farm. You got your, your produce there. You're growing wheat. You're growing grapes. You're growing all of these things. And, and that's how you made a living. And, and State Farm didn't come out and cover your crops, right? There was no crop insurance. So if you had a bad year and your crops were destroyed, well, then guess what? Your family didn't get to eat, right? So imagine this, if I was out there and I was a farmer, and uh, hey, my crop's looking good, but here we come about harvest time, about right now, right? Because this is harvest time. So you come along at harvest time, and, and lightning strikes and catches your, my field on fire. And all of my wheat burns to the ground, and there's nothing left. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I, need, I still need to feed my family. What do I do? My neighbor over here, his farm is thriving. His farm didn't catch fire. In fact, he, he's got a bumper crop over there. So since my crop has been destroyed and, and he's got a bumper crop, I could go over to my neighbor and I say, Hey, neighbor, man, you know what happened to me? All my crops, they burn up. There's nothing left. I can't feed my family this year. I tell you what, if I give myself to you as a, a servant for X number of years, could you help me out? And, and, and so the, I, would, I would sell myself, in a sense, I would sell myself into slavery, sell myself to be his servant for X number of years so that he could feed my family for this year. Now, I still would have some freedom. I, I still have my freedom. I still have certain liberty. I still own my property over there. So next year, my, my sons and my daughters, my family, they're going to plant the fields, and they're going to uh, produce a harvest. And, and, and if next year I have a bumper crop, and, and I can go back and repay him, then I can redeem myself, right? I can buy myself out of, his sla out of that uh, place of servanthood. I can pay back what I owe him, and go back and be myself, be free again. So it was more of a, a gracious thing. It wasn't forced labor that we see in what we think of as, as slavery, but it was a, a gracious thing. It's one neighbor helping another neighbor out and getting them out of hard times. Now certainly there was abuse, and that's why God, he got on, he sent the prophets, you're abusing this whole system you're not being gracious you're being wicked taskmasters instead but but that was God's intention 
But now our text talks to us and tells us, now if, if a person escapes his master, and this is not referring to an Israelite who is in slavery uh, to his neighbor, being in kind of this uh, bond servant to his neighbor, but this is a foreigner. Because in the rest of the world, outside of Israel, they had slavery like we think of slavery. It was forced labor. It was a forced thing. You, people lost their freedom and they were forced to be slaves. And so this text is dealing with those cases where there's a foreigner who comes to Israel, escapes his master, escapes slavery, and comes to Israel, and God says, you're to receive him. You're to receive him. You're to bring him in. You're to help him out and, and keep him out of slavery. Now, in the world, they said that you had to return the slave, but God said, no, no, you don't return that slave. You receive that slave and you allow him to settle anywhere that he wants to settle and do not oppress him. Don't put him into another position of slavery, right? You love him, you care for him, you take care of him. Give him his freedom. Give him his liberty. And so we see God pushing against this kind of forced labor that was so common in the world around Israel. Verse 17 also deals with slavery, although you, you might miss this. None of, the sons of, of, none of the daughters of Israel shall be a cult prostitute, and none of the sons of Israel shall be cult prostitutes. You shall not bring the fee of a prostitute or the wage of a dog, which is a male prostitute, into the house of the Lord uh, your God in payment for a vow, for both of these are an abomination to the Lord your God. Now notice what he says there. None of the daughters of Israel and none of the sons of Israel shall be cult prostitutes. This, this focus on sons and daughters kind of gives us this idea, right? It kind of brings up this idea. This is a forced prostitution. This is likely a forced prostitution. You see, as one scholar notes, in some neighboring religions, people thought they were being pious by making their daughters and their sons participate in the cult of fertility. But such religious prostitution was not acceptable for the Israelites. This is a, a prohibition against selling your sons and daughters into slavery at some cult shrine. So here again, we're dealing with this idea of slavery. And so this is all through our text. We're not to condone slavery. In fact, we're to fight against slavery and we're to help those who are caught up in it. So as we think about how to set the captive free in our time, first, we must here raise awareness. How do we fight slavery in our world today? How do we fight human trafficking? One, we raise awareness. And this is my primary goal today. This is really where I want to focus a lot of my time, is raising awareness. Because some of you might not even realize how much slavery goes around, how much slavery is going on even right here around us. Perhaps even in our own, likely even here in our own community. We need to raise awareness. We need to raise awareness to the reality of slavery in our world. 
Slavery is not something that is of a, a, a bygone age. Slavery is a, a major problem today. Again, 27.6 million people are enslaved today in this world. And that may be a conservative number. The major difference uh, in what we, uh, how we see it today is a lot of people don't call it slavery. They call it human trafficking. But it's the same thing. Right? Human trafficking, no matter what term you use, human trafficking, slavery, it's all the same thing. It is slavery. The definition of human trafficking is this. Human trafficking is the exploitation of humans for the purposes such as sexual and labor servitude, where something of value is exchanged, whether it be money, food, housing, drugs, whatever, through the means of force, fraud, or coercion. Force, fraud, or coercion. First, it's through the means of, of force. Think about force. Force is physical or sexual abuse or assault or confinement. Confining people. Abusing people. It's perpetuated by fraud. False promises or, or work or, or bad work and living conditions. Withholding promised wages. Or contract fraud. A number of ways people are duped into slavery if you will and then there's coercion threats of harm to self or to others kinds of debt bondage debt bondage oh you owe me you owe me you got to work it off psychological ma manipulation utilizing substances or even document confiscation we see that a lot, or it's been seen a, a lot here in America where people's documents are confiscated and they're forced into situations of labor. And I would dare to say that this is not something that's taking place in some far-off place. It's not something that's happening up in New York. It's not something that's ha happening down in, in New Orleans. It's not something that's happening in China. It's happening right here in Bastrop and in Morehouse Parish. So we need to wear, raise awareness to the reality of slavery. It's right here. It's right here. I've seen it in places. I can remember times in Warren seeing such a slavery. People didn't call it that, right? But, but it was slavery. Or I would hear of farmers who would bring in immigrants. And they would put them in, in unpleasant living conditions. Right? House them in barns where there was no running water. Forcing them to sleep on top of one another, basically. And paying them less than minimum, far less than minimum wage. But hey, they were illegal, right? So what could they do? What could they do? That's slavery. That's slavery at its finest. So we need to be aware of the reality of slavery, but we also need to be aware of the kinds of slavery that are out here today. There's labor servitude. 
of the 27.6 million in slavery, 21.2 million live in forced labor. Forced labor. 17.3 million in the private sector, private businesses, farms, all across the, all across the way there. And 3.9 million in state-imposed forced labor. That would be states that allow such a, a thing. Of course, this happens here in America. We see it here in America. Immigrants being taken advantage of. Immigrants being shipped in here to work for meager wages. So there's labor servitude. Then there's also sex trafficking. Sex trafficking. 6.3 million people are trafficked for commercial sexual exploitation. 6.3 million. Women and girls account for 4.9 million of those imprisoned by sex trafficking. According to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, roughly one out of every five girls and one out of every ten boys will be sexually exploited or abused in their lifetime. And it happens right here in Bastrop and in Morehouse Parish. I guarantee you no, I don't have statistics, I don't have a, a number, but I can guarantee you that there are children within five miles of this church who are being exploited by their parents, who are being pimped out by their parents to feed a drug addiction. That's slavery. And it's happening right here under our noses. And we don't even realize it. We need to raise awareness of human trafficking across the board. We need to let people realize, help people to realize that it's not something over in China. It's not something out in Taiwan. It's not something out in South America or wherever. It's right here. And God's people needs to make a stand and help set the captive free. There's a movie out, and maybe you've heard of it. It's The Sound of Freedom, starring uh, Jim Caviezel. The Sound of Freedom. Jim Caviezel is the one who played Jesus in The Passion. But this, this movie, Sound of Freedom, and I do recommend you go watch it if you, if you can, if it's still on anywhere, but The Sound of Freedom was actually filmed. It, it's, a, it's a film about human trafficking, especially the, the trafficking of children in our world, and it's based upon a true story where this federal law enforcement officer gets a passion for going and helping someone, a child stuck in sex trafficking 
and he quits his job with his wonderful government pension. He quits his job. He goes to rescue this child and ends up rescuing many, many children from sex trafficking. It's a wonderful story. It will break your heart. I'll warn you with that. It will absolutely break your heart, but I do recommend it. But you know, this movie, Sound of Freedom, it was actually filmed in 2018. And it was just now released in 2023. Why? Because people put the brakes on. People stopped it from being released. You see, in 2018, when the movie was was filmed, Fox had the ownership of the movie. And they were going to release it in 2018. But then uh, what happened? Disney bought Fox. And when Disney bought Fox, they said, hold on, we're not going to put this movie out there. And Disney wouldn't allow it to be published. Disney would not allow it to be released to the public. Finally, the Angel Network finally was able to buy it from Disney, and they released it this year. Why would people not want this message out? Why would people not want the world to know how pervasive human trafficking and how pervasive slavery is, even of our own children? How would anybody not want that message out? But people don't want that message out. We have got to raise awareness. Because the rest of the world is turning a blind eye. And 27.6 million people continue to live their life in bondage because the rest of the world just wants to turn a blind eye to slavery in our world. Let's not live in la-la land. Let us face the facts. And let us get the word out. Let us raise awareness to the pervasive problem of slavery in our world today so we must raise awareness second we're to work to set the the captive free if we're to work to set the captive free we must protect the vulnerable and the victimized we must protect the vulnerable and the victimized notice what our text even says there right you're you to allow him to dwell with you in your midst in the place that he shall choose Within one of your towns, whatever it, wherever it suits him, you shall not wrong him. You shall not oppress him. You're to help him. You're to protect him. You're to take care of his needs and help him get out of that situation. We are to protect the vulnerable and the victimized. First, we must protect the vulnerable. Who are the vulnerable? Well, children, for one, are the vulnerable. We need to look out for the kids around us, not just our own children, but hey, keeping an eye out for other people's kids as they're out and about as well. Is there suspicious behavior around them? Keep an eye out. Watch out for the children. The mentally ill are targets of human trafficking. And of course, immigrants. Immigrants are a major target of human traffickers. I read a report 
The other day as I was studying all of this, I read a report that talked about how many children, how many minors are being sent to America and they're being pushed across the border. And so many so that, so much, uh, that, that the government can't handle all of them and, and what to do with them. And, and the vast majority of those children who come across the border unaccompanied, where do they end up? Mobsters get them. Drug dealers get them. And they use them. They put them to forced labor. They put them to forced labor. They sell them into sex trafficking and all of these things. We must protect the vulnerable. Furthermore, we've got to protect the victimized. We've got to protect the victimized. We've got to provide avenues of support for them. And thankfully, there are some good Southern Baptist ministries out there today who are working with people who have been trafficked, helping them to get out of that lifestyle. And, and it's not just Southern Baptist. I, I say Southern Baptist because we, we support that through our cooperative program, but there's other ministries out there as well, and we need to find those and promote those and, and support those in, in ways that we can. We need to provide avenues for support for these folks who are caught up in human trafficking, in slavery. It's hard to come out of those situations. There's, there's care that needs to be taken. There's going to be some counseling that needs to be taken care of. They're going to have to work through some issues. They're going to have to find other ways to, make, to support themselves and, and learn how to get a job and all of those things. We've got to find avenues for support for those who have been victimized. Furthermore, we, we don't ever need to villainize the victim. I, I know this is a touchy subject because uh, when you talk about immigration in America today, I mean, that is a divided issue. But we need to be very clear about this. We don't ever, ever, ever need to villainize the victim because not every illegal immigrant is a criminal. Yes, there are some illegal Im immigrants who are criminals. They're here to do bad things, and we recognize that. But not every illegal immigrant is a criminal. Some of them are victims. And by villainizing them, we're not helping them. We're just forcing them back into slavery. Harold D. Uh, Sousa tells his story. He says there's a, a proverb in India. He's from India, but there's a proverb in India. Going to America is going to swarg. Swarg means heaven or paradise. In 2003, I was invited to the United States uh, on a H-1B visa with a $75,000 a year salary plus benefits, that was the promise, as a business development manager. The day I landed in the, the United States, I learned I had been manipulated, tricked, and trapped. My wife and I were forced to work in a restaurant. My kids were seven and four years old. Imagine you woke up in a place where you don't know the culture, you don't know the laws, you don't know what resources are available and how to access them. Imagine that you thought 
you were going to achieve a better life for yourself and your family, but find yourself on a floor with no bed. You're working 16 hours a day. Imagine you, you have no food and, and no money because someone you trusted took the small amount of money you did have to keep it safe for you and provided you a one-bedroom apartment, then threatened you with arrest or deportation if you didn't continue to work without pay. You work so many hours that you can't get home to care for your two small children. Oh, this couldn't happen in the United States of America, could it? Yet perpetrators in America use a, a variation of four words to silence foreign national victims. Traffickers shout the, the words, uh, shout to the victims, I will get you arrested, handcuffed, jailed, or deported. Every immigrant victim of labor trafficking in the United States of America has only one nickname used by the trafficker a million times and it's illegal he says I was never called Harold by my trafficker only illegal what happens in the mind of a victim they began to believe that they are a criminal. There are so many people right here in America and we look at them so often as illegals. And so many times they're just victims. They were looking for a better life for their family. And they fell prey to someone who promised them great things and then enslaved them. We need to protect the vulnerable and the victimized. Let us not be so quick to pass judgment. Not every illegal immigrant is a criminal. Today there are shelters that, that help victims of human trafficking who, who need our support. Let's find them. Let's support them. Let's help them. Let's get them the help that we, they need. In order to set the captive free, we need to raise awareness, protect the vulnerable and the victimized. And third, we need to prosecute the offenders. We need to prosecute the offenders. Now, certainly as a church, we can't prosecute the offenders. That's not in our realm of, of things that we are called to do. But we can help our government, right? We can press the government to do what they need to do. Slavery is, an, is illegal in most of the world today. It's illegal in most of the world today. We only need to push for enforcement of those laws. Here's how we help to prosecute offenders. Number one, report suspicious activity. Report suspicious activity. If you see something, say something. If you see someone who, who seems like they are oppressed, they're being oppressed, don't keep your mouth shut. Don't turn a blind eye. Report. Tell someone. It's quite easy to pick up the phone, call the sheriff's office, and report it. 
Usually you can do it anonymously if you want to. Just report it. If you see someone who is being oppressed, report the crime. Report suspicious activity. If you see something, say something. And then press government officials to enforce the laws of the land and even strengthen the laws that are there. We need stricter laws against human trafficking. Right? We need stricter laws for human trafficking. And we need prosecutors who will prosecute offenders. We need to be responsible citizens of America. And push for stronger enforcement. Abolitionist William Wilberforce once said, Let it not be said that I was silent when they needed me. Church, let it not be said of us that we were silent when the 27.6 million people living in bondage needed us. Call your congressman. Call your congressman. Call the governor. Call whoever you can to press for stronger laws, to press for stronger enforcement against drug trafficking. We need to work to ensure offenders are prosecuted. The only way to, to end human trafficking in the world is to make it less profitable. To make it less profitable, to make, to make the, the penalty for such offenses so un unbearable that people wouldn't want to try it. That's the only way we're going to end this. We need to maintain human dignity by working to set the captive free. And brothers and sisters, we got to remember, after all, we were all slaves. We were all once slaves, slaves to sin. And Christ, our Redeemer, came to set us free. As we work to set the captive free, we must not stop at setting them free from human oppressors. We must continue on to set them free from those spiritual oppressors. We need to go on to help them get freedom from sin and death. We need to give them Jesus. We need to share with them the love of Jesus Christ. That's why we need to support those Christian organizations who are out there to, to give support to those who have been the victims of human trafficking because they're going to give them Jesus. We've got to point them to Jesus. Because the greatest problem is not their physical bondage, it is their spiritual bondage. We need to give them Jesus. And even today, maybe you are captive. Maybe you are captive, and, and it's not a physical captivity. You're not a slave to, to someone, but you yourself today, you're a slave to sin. I want you to know that Jesus came to set you free. He died on Calvary's cross. Absorbing the penalty for your sin so that you might have freedom in Him. And Scripture says, 
If Christ set you free, you are free indeed. Well, if you're a slave to sin today, look to Jesus. He will set you free. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You that Your Word tells us how we should think, how we should react to so many different issues here in the world today. Truly, Your Word helps define a worldview for us, even on matters such as slavery and human trafficking. Oh Lord, let us not... But Lord, we pray that your word would be impressed upon our hearts. Lord, give us a a heart for the captive. Give us a heart for those 27.6 million people who are in captivity today, O Lord. And let us work as your people in this world to bring the light of Jesus to them and help to set the captive free. But Lord, in that, we also realize there are millions and billions of others who are in bondage to sin. Oh Lord, let us be the light of the gospel to our world. Let us not only set the, those who are physically captive, but those who are spiritually captive free in Jesus. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen.